No matter our age, we each perhaps have a fascination with Santa's Christmas Eve journey to deliver gifts around the world. This year, our broadcast actually originated from the place Santa calls home. That's the North Pole, of course. But the story behind Santa's home and his hometown is one that came together a bit by chance. Join me as we visit with Paul Brown, the grandson-in-law of Santa himself, on this edition of the American Countryside's Scenic Route. Take me back to, uh, believe, the 1950s when uh, be some of your in-laws first came here, and, and I don't think they were setting out to become Santa Claus, but it turned out they did. It, it was, it's actually a really funny story. So um, Con and Nellie Miller, who are the founders of Santa Claus House, they arrived in Alaska actually in 1949, shortly after World War II, and Con was kind of looking for adventure. He had just recently gotten out of the military. They wanted to do something different. Alaska was kind of the, the new cool thing tail end of the 40s, early 50s, having been opened up with Alcan Highway construction in World War II. So they kind of moved up here on a whim, almost as an adventure. And Khan actually promised Nellie that they would only stay five years. So they arrived in, in interior Alaska in 1949 and uh, opened up kind of a, a clothing store in, in uh, Fairbanks area and, you know, did that for a little while. Um, the store itself didn't do too well, but Khan became kind of a merchant and fur buyer, so he would travel to some of the surrounding villages. Um, a lot of Alaska's off the road system, so it was a situation where he would have to fly in, and he would be, you know, merchant and fur buying and things of that sort. Well, one one year, he uh, or one day, I should say, he found a, an old Santa suit in an inventory that he had bought, kind of a closeout inventory from one of the other stores. So, kind of his his nature or his shtick, I guess, he would dress up as Santa Claus when he was traveling to the villages, and he was kind of the first Santa Claus that a lot of the village children in Alaska had ever seen. So so he kind of got the reputation as being Santa Claus. So the merchant and fur buying and traveling and things like that got a little tiresome to him. So they moved to the area, which at the time was not North Pole. It was just kind of the outskirts of Fairbanks, way, way outskirts of Fairbanks. Um, he decided to build a trading post in, in the uh, North Pole area. And one day while he was building the trading post, there were some of the village kids that had known him as Santa Claus. They drove by and they called out, hello, Santa Claus, are you building a house? hence the name Santa Claus House. So it, it really started, Santa Claus House really started out as kind of a trading post. It was a general store, soda fountain, things like that, you know, general dry goods. It was more focused on kind of the, because North Pole was so far out of Fairbanks, it, it became kind of the gathering area, you know, again, general supplies and things like that for locals. And it started out that way as just a general store. And then, you know, over the years, as Ielson Air Force Base built up outside of the North Pole area in Fort Wainwright, you had quite a few more military people coming in and out. You had a lot more uh, Alaska highway traffic. So it, it, it kind of took on a kind of a tourism-oriented focus. There were a lot of visitors, a lot of, you know, new airmen to Ielson thought it was really cool. They would send things to friends and family back home that came from North Pole um, you know, you had a lot more traffic on the Alaska highways. It got developed a little more for tourism traffic. So it really grew and changed over the course of probably late fifties, early sixties. It grew into more of a tourism oriented focus, more of a general kind of a gift store, more than a general store. So. The, the town of North Pole had been here before. Is there any reason behind the name of North Pole, uh, Alaska? Sure. It's actually, it's kind of an interesting story and it's hard to 
pinpoint the exact true story, but you know, a couple of the different stories that are going around is North Pole at the time that Connelly moved out here was not called North Pole. There was another uh, gentleman in the area that had a homesteaded um, named Bond Davis, so it was known as the Davis Subdivision or the Davis Homestead Davis Siding. The railroad came through at the same, right around the same time, so it was kind of Davis Crossing is one of the names, and Bond Davis didn't really care. I guess for being known for the entire town, he just wanted to do his thing and go on his way. So there were conversations at the time with some of the early families about what should we call the area, you know, what's a good name for the area. And, you know, names were tossed around like Mosquito Junction and some, you know, some other Alaskan type names. And, um, you know, there was conversation about how can we attract industry to the area. Well, there was a development company that came up from somewhere in the States, I don't recall where, Dahl and Gasky Development, and they were looking at buying large parcels of property, and they were also looking at how do we attract industry, you know, manufacturers and things like that. And somewhere in the course of the conversation, one of the reasons, the legend is one of the reasons it was called North Pole is it was consistently colder than anywhere else in the interior. So, if you, you know, if you look at weather data, we're usually 7 to 10 degrees colder than even Fairbanks, which is only 15 miles away. So the North Pole name kind of stuck. Dahl and Gasky, the development corporation, liked the idea. Um, Khan obviously liked the idea because he was known as Santa Claus. So the store, Santa Claus House was actually incorporated in 1952, which is before North Pole even became North Pole. And then, you know, the conversations were happening in January of 1953. Khan actually hand-delivered the paperwork to Juneau, the capital of, at the time, the territory of Alaska. He delivered the paperwork for incorporation to incorporate it as North Pole. And the thought process, obviously he had his own reasons for it, but the thought process with Dahl and Gasky Development Corporation is that you could attract toy manufacturers up here. You know, toy manufacturers would love to have products that were made in North Pole. How cool is that? Unfortunately, that never really took off. There, there's quite a bit of burden to enter or barriers to entry for manufacturers in Alaska just because of shipping costs and high costs of goods and things like that. But it worked out good for Khan's reasons with Santa Claus House. So. But somewhat by accident, really. It, it really was. It was kind of by accident. You know, and there were conversations in the 50s. Obviously, it didn't happen until the later 50s when um, Disneyland was developed. But there was kind of a movement even before Disneyland happened. Down in the States, a lot of people were looking at North Pole and Santa Land and some of these different kind of ideas for theme parks or amusement amusement parks at the time. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, kind of the the thought process with North Pole is that after the toy manufacturing didn't work out, maybe we could work on getting a theme park or an amusement park or something like that, like a Santa Land Mm -hmm. here in North Pole. Um, So that was kind of the direction that, that everything was headed. Unfortunately, with how far we are away from the continental U.S. and all the tourism numbers, we never got the numbers for that to fully flesh out. But, you know, Santa Claus House is still here 60 years later. Sure. Well, and over time, then, this transition from a trading post into something that's kind of Christmas year-round? Yeah, it really is. And as I mentioned, you know, we started out as a general trading post to kind of a more uh, tourism-oriented. And one of the things that we've been doing since the very beginning, as I mentioned, a lot of the airmen from Isleson Air Force Base would want to get cards and letters and things like that sent back to friends and family at Christmas time from North Pole. So there was really, you know, Khan recognized an opportunity. And one of the things we've done since the very beginning is our letters from Santa that we do. So, you know, your letters come from Santa Claus House in North Pole, Alaska. It became a really big product for him, almost 
not to the exclusion, but it was it was obviously a much bigger opportunity than just being a trading post for you know at the time a couple of hundred people. Um, you know, the tourism focus happened again as the Alcan was developed. So throughout the 60s and 70s, the letters from Santa really built up from that point, and it gave. The letters from Santa, especially in the mail order business that he did, gave them the opportunity or the revenue, generated enough revenue so that that Santa Claus House could be developed more. Um, You know, while we're still primarily a gift shop, you can still visit Santa here all year round. We've got live reindeer outside that you can, you know, you can get in the pen and pet the reindeer and a lot of big, you know. Um, photo opportunities and things of that sort outside that you can see. So it's it's more than just a gift shop. Sure. Well, is that what sets you apart from some other places? Maybe in the lower lower forty eight, there's uh, there's Santa Claus, Indiana, Noel, Missouri, and so forth. I suppose the fact that you're North Pole and you got Santa here s- says something. I think yeah, yeah, it's a big thing. You know, you've, as you mentioned, you've got North Pole, New York, and Santa Claus, Indiana. One thing I guess our claim to fame is that we're the closest to the North Pole, to the true North Pole, the geographic North Pole. You know, we've got snow on the ground for seven eight months out of the year we can have reindeer and things like that so it's uh while similar there are a lot of a lot of differences i guess about north pole alaska do you have to continue to uh update what happens at santa claus house or is christmas so traditional that it remains a lot the same over the years you know a lot of it remains the same and some of the things especially as i mentioned the santa letters that we do one of the things that's great about our santa letters is we have been doing them since the 1950s, since the very beginning. So generations of families have received these letters and we're very careful to keep it similar where, you know, when a, a granddaughter or a grandchild or grandson or, or whoever receives a letter, they can look at it and say, this is the same letter that my parents received, the same letter that my grandparents received 50, 40, 50, 60 years ago. So some of it, we're very careful to protect the legacy. Um, as far as the store and the, and the property itself, obviously we want to do keep it fresh but it's you know it's really interesting to see and i know you had had come here years and years and years ago you see a lot of people that have come up here that were here 20 30 40 years ago and it really is it's i guess it's almost timeless i think you know the magic of christmas is it doesn't matter the age you are you get into the christmas spirit so we try to freshen up the product offering but the actual christmas holiday spirit itself we're very careful to protect what is Christmas itself like at Santa Claus House on Christmas here? It, it gets, as you can imagine, it gets pretty crazy around here. Um, you know, we don't we don't get the summer tourism numbers that we get, but we do have a lot of local families. We've got an Army base and an Air Force base nearby, so you get a lot of visiting friends and family. Um, one of the opportunities for us is is being so far from the continental U.S. or from from the rest of the country. I guess our our internet mail order business is a pretty big thing. So it's interesting the store while it's, or the business while it's crazy with people visiting, we're actually busier with our mail order and things of that sort, kind of spreading the Christmas joy around the world. You know, and, and I mentioned the letters from Santa and some of the product that we sell, we have sent it, sent letters to probably every country in the world. So it's, uh, it's pretty crazy around here. A lot of it's behind the scenes that people don't typically see. Santa obviously has big lines of kids that are wanting to give them their wish list. So. Does it take quite a big staff to be able to handle all the letters because you do so many? It, it does. It takes a pretty, a pretty big staff. And as I mentioned, it's behind the scenes, so a lot of people don't see it. But, you know, we have a call center that's staffed seven days a week, and we have to match, you know, the time zones across the, actually across the world. So um, pretty big staff, pretty long hours. Um, 
one of the interesting things is that North Pole, Alaska, a lot of people wonder what happens to the letters that kids write that, are, that they just addressed to Santa Claus and put North Pole on there. And a big chunk of those um, last number I heard was four to five hundred thousand letters, you know, on a little tiny town like North Pole, the population, twenty two hundred people. That's uh, quite a burden on the Postal Service here. So, um you know, a lot of those letters that kids write and just write Santa Claus North Pole will come to here to North Pole, Alaska. We get a lot of them here at the store, especially, you know, if kids write Santa Claus house or anything like that, that we'll, we'll forward them here. So we get a lot of incoming mail, too. And while Santa can't respond to every one of those letters, he actually will read every single letter that comes through the doors here that's written. Um, you know, and as I mentioned, parents parents can help Santa Claus respond to the letters from their children by getting on our website. Um, so that, you know, that definitely keeps us busy during the holiday season. We, we really enjoy the holiday season, but we certainly look forward to January. You know, even though it's, even though it's called here in North Pole, we refer to that as vacation time. So it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. Well, and this is the one place where Santa Claus, you can see him 365 days a year. Is that right? You can. He's, he's in the store during the kind of the peak of summer season, um, you know, the 100 days Memorial Day to Labor Day, and then again during the holiday season. And you'll see him running around North Pole just like a, a regular person. You know, you'll run into him at the grocery store or the post office. or that's. I think that's what a lot of the kids that live in North Pole really enjoy about it, is that they can run into Santa Claus at, at the post office or, you know, at the grocery store or out checking his mail. So it's it's pretty it's a unique place to live. Well, I'm sure it's a unique uh, role being a part of this this family. You have quite a legacy that you continue to share with people around the world. It is. It's uh, you know I mentioned to you that that I married into the family and and it's uh, it's it's a really cool family business. And you know we're my wife is actually a third generation of the Miller family. My kids are seven and twelve now, and they help out around the store. So it's really kind of transitioning into the fourth generation. It really is a big legacy for a small town like North Pole. Um, it's a pretty major presence and has a pretty big impact on the North Pole 